It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to begin to haul some dirt out to the land and do what we've got with what we've got. Amen. Let's just believe God. If we start something, something will happen. Amen. I don't know if you realize how big that church is going to be. You know, this, this auditorium is uh, 6,000 square feet. This piece of property we lease is 15,000 square feet. That church is 55,000 square feet. That, how, did you get that? So, you know, God's got big plans for Island Church. Amen. Praise God. In your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 15. Before you go to the book of Psalms, go to, the, go to 2 Kings. That's, let's start there, and then I'll come to the book of Psalms. Go to 2 Kings, chapter 5. Now, we've been studying issues of the heart. We'll wind this, uh, wind this series up next week. Uh, we study some things about your heart for the church, your heart for ministry, your heart for the things of the Lord. And I'm telling you, the area of your life which continually needs to be in a place of change is your heart. Uh, your heart can change continually toward righteousness, change continually toward the things of God. The more that you align your heart with the Word of God and the Spirit of God, the better off you are. And, and it is. It, it can be a fight from time to time. It can be a struggle. But what the fruit that comes out of it, I think you'll see that today, the fruit that comes out of it is beyond the comparison of anything this world can provide. I mean, in the midst of the worst trial, you can have peace. I mean, in the midst of the worst attack of the enemy, you can be assured that victory belongs to you. I mean, in the midst of the worst economic downturn, you'll know God supply all your need. It's just amazing the security that the Word of God, the power of God, the anointing of God puts into us if we'll cooperate with it. Now, we studied uh, the last two weeks, actually, we studied submission. Uh, you know, submission, the submitted heart being submitted, number one, and first and foremost to the Word of God. If you'll be submitted to the Word of God, the other two become very easy, but you must submit yourself to the Word of God. Secondly, you must submit yourself to the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Ghost. He is your guide. He is your, your spiritual, uh, uh, how can you say it? Your spiritual guide on the inside that'll guide you into blessing and out of trouble. Amen. It literally sets the template of your life when you learn to, to follow the Holy Ghost. Then you need to learn to submit to spiritual authority, the authority that God puts over you. And everyone has somebody that, that, that God puts over them. In a church, it's the local pastor. Uh, many pastors come together sometimes and create organizations in which there's opportunity uh, for submission. And that's certainly good. We certainly do that. And out of all of these three will come humility. You say, what do you mean by humility? Humility is the ability to recognize your source. Remember what pride is? Pride, pride is always looking at yourself and thinking that you pulled something off. Amen. Well, I did that or I did this. Well, that's just pride. But humility is the ability to recognize a source and recognize your own dependency upon that source. Amen. Now, today we're going to study the integrity of the heart. Everybody say integrity of the heart. Now, it's important we do that because integrity in this day and age is a very important 
characteristic. It was a powerful characteristic of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It is a powerful, powerful uh, characteristic of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the great spirit of integrity. And it is a powerful characteristic of our Heavenly Father. Now, this world system, now, now I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know about you, but the more you look at uh, government, politics, business, sports, entertainment, the less integrity you see. Uh, come on, church, you might as well just be honest. And it's a shame when we do not see integrity in the church. Now, we here at Island Church, we do everything we can do to maintain and increase the integrity not the integrity of someone's personality, not the integrity of somebody's gifting, but the integrity of the Word of God in this ministry. It's so alarm. I guess alarm would be the, 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 the word I would have to use. It so alarmed me years ago. Uh, we came out of the hotel ballrooms and, and began to uh, work on a little building over on 45th Street. And from time to time, we had to uh, 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 go to the, some of the local businesses, you know, the lumber yards and different places and buy supplies. And it was amazing uh, how uh, uh, cautious they were of me as a pastor. They're very conscious of my business. Tell I did business with them for a while because they had been burned so many times by other churches. And not just, not just churches not paying their bills, but churches always want the church discount, the preacher's discount. Amen. Say, Pastor, don't you ever, do you ever take the preacher's discount? Let me tell you something about the preacher's discount. I will pay double before I pay the preacher's discount. You say, why? Because that's not integrity. I said, that's not integrity. Listen, we paid, all, we paid all of our bills. We continue to pay all of our bills. But I was amazed at many. Now, there was another church that kind of had a name like ours. And they had left debt all over town. And, and they thought that's who we were. And, man, we'd go to places. Well, I have to have cash up front. I said, that's no problem. Then they'd read our check. They said, well, you're not such and such and such. I said, no, no, that's not us. We're somebody different. But listen, integrity is more than just honesty. Because you can be honestly broke. You can honestly not pay your bills. You can be an honest bank robber. You can be an honest dope dealer. <laughs> There's a whole, a whole lot more to, the, to integrity than just honesty. Honesty is a part of it, but then there is the integrity that goes along with it. So let me read you, as I've been doing over a select few words, I've been studying some definitions. How many like my definitions? Now, here's, here you go. Here's a definition for the word integrity. It's very interesting. It says integrity is the state of being complete or whole, incorruptible, firm adherence to a code of moral, artistic, or engineering values. And I put et cetera there because there's all kinds of different uh, uh, crafts that demand integrity. It says an unimpaired condition, the state of being complete, that which creates wholeness in structure. Now, many times the word in integrity is used in engineering terms. We're building an enormous amount of integrity into that building because we don't want, you know, just the first little old blow that comes by to blow it down. Now, first of all, the city demands it. Secondly, we demand it. Amen. We want that building to be literally storm-proof so that if we ever do have another storm like that, we can come back on the island. We're going to put generators in it. We're going to have a great commercial kitchen in it. We'll be able to come right back online and begin to feed and minister to the community. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, in an engineering way, integrity is the design of something that creates the purpose of it so that it can withstand what, need, what it needs to withstand to be what it is. These chairs, these chairs that we have here, were engineered by somebody. Somebody drew them up. Are you with me? 
Somebody drew them up to be designed the way they were. They put the, uh, the, 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 the legs and the crossbars. Now, if we were to bring one of these chairs out here and begin to stack bricks on the chair, you know, right there where the seat is, we begin to put five bricks, 10 bricks, 50 bricks, 100 bricks. However many bricks it took, there would be an amount of bricks that we could put on that chair that eventually it'd break the chair. Now, now, literally, we could say it like this. We violated the integrity of it. This is what it was designed to do, and, and we overloaded it, and because we overloaded it, it broke. Is everybody with me? But listen, God wants the integrity of your life not to be built on your talent, your gift, your education, uh, uh, your, your, your culture, your, your uh, career. The God wants the integrity of your life built upon your, on the Word of God. So that no matter what gets stacked on you, can I get a better amen than that? No matter what the world, the flesh, the devil, your mind, no matter what it is, stacks on you. You're not going to crumble. You're not going to crack. You're not going to give up. You're going to be able to withhold whatever it is that gets stacked on you. Now, real quick, uh, don't turn there. I'm just going to read it to you. Stay there in 2 Kings. In Proverbs chapter 3, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Now, I've I've got a Bible that's got 26 different translations. Now, I didn't give 26 translations of every scripture, but every scripture has at least four or five, and I love Moffat's translation. It says, rely with all your heart on the eternal. Rely with all your heart on the eternal. Never lean on your own insight. In all your ways, be mindful of him, and he will clear the road for you. (laughs) Don't you like that? He will clear the road for you. Amen. Now, notice this. In 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning in verse 20. Now, this is the story of Naaman and Elisha and Gehazi. Now, the first part of the story is the, is the story of a man who had leprosy, who, who desired to be healed. And thank God, a little, a little uh, uh, a servant girl over in Israel uh, had information about a prophet that, that, that she believed could get Naaman healed. So Naaman went with a great entourage up to Elijah's house. And Elijah just basically sent his servant and said, go tell him to dip in the Jordan River seven times. And it made Naaman mad. But thank God for servants. Don't you thank God for servants? A servant challenged him on his pride. He, 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 he submitted himself to the word of Elijah, uh, Elisha, excuse me, and he went and he dipped himself in the Jordan River seven times and came out healed. Everybody say healed. Isn't that great when God does a miracle? But in verse 20, it says this, but Gehazi. Now, Gehazi is a servant unto Elisha like Elisha was a servant unto Elijah. Elijah had signs and wonders and miracles. Elisha had twice signs and wonders and miracles. Gehazi should have been the next prophet in Israel. He was sent to serve the man of God. Many times promotion comes through servitude. Many times promotion comes through servitude. Most of the times promotion comes through servitude. All of the time promotion comes through servitude. You're going to get it here in a minute. Amen. Now, so here's Gehazi. So it says in verse 20, it says, Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him. And he said, is all well? And he said, all is well. He said, my master has sent me. Now, first of all, that's not true. That is a lie. Not only is that a lie, he's pulling Elisha into a lie. 
Violations of integrity don't just harm you. They harm everyone around you. They harm your family. They harm your business. They harm your job. Everything about you is harmed by a lapse in integrity. Now, notice what he says. My master has sent me. That's not true. He said, uh, uh, behold, even now uh, there become to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. Now, listen, this guy, Gehazi, had thought this out. Now, if you're looking for a way to violate the integrity of what God puts on the inside of you, your adversary, the devil, will help you figure it out. I guarantee you, you want to figure out how to sin? You want to figure out how to cheat? You want to figure out how to steal? You want to figure out how to do all these kinds of things? I guarantee you, your adversary will accommodate you with a plan. But every plan your adversary comes up with is a trap. It is literally a trap designed to destroy you and to harm you. Now, Gehazi is falling headlong into this trap. Obviously, uh, obviously, Naaman showed up with an enormous amount of wealth to give. Amen? But listen, money is not always the issue when it comes to spiritual things. Let me try that again. Money is not always the issue when it comes to spiritual things. There have been men that God has greatly blessed, greatly blessed with great spiritual gifts and operations in their ministry, but they got messed up with money. They got messed up with money, and some of them died prematurely because money became literally their God. And money has a way of doing that. I said, money has a way of doing that. And people, a lot of people say, well, I can handle any amount of money that I'd ever. No, you can't handle any amount of money that you'd ever get. You'd be surprised how much power there is in money. Amen. I ought to get a better amen than that. It, it says, in Naaman said, be content. Take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags and two changes of garments and laid them down upon two of his servants and they bear them before him. No, man, Naaman had been healed of leprosy. He's not willing to just give an offering. He's willing to give a, give a double offering. You can never play on the vulnerability of people when God blesses them. Let me try that again. You can never play on the vulnerability of people when God bless them. If I, I don't know if you've ever been around here, most of you have, when I've been around, when I've taught on uh, prosperity, I never teach on prosperity, then take an offering. I always take the offering and then, and then I teach on prosperity. You say, why? Well, many times people, they start teaching on prosperity and they start figuring out the crowd is liking that. And there's a little buzz or a stir in the crowd and automatically think we ought to take an offering. Well, if the Spirit of God's in it, it'll work like that. But many people, they get deceived by the adversary and they end up violating their integrity. I knew a man one time, he had one of the greatest revelations on prosperity. I'm telling you, it flowed everywhere he went. God did a couple of little supernatural things in, in a couple of meetings that he was in. And then he went all over the country and he began to initiate that when it wasn't the Holy Ghost. He began to initiate that when it wasn't the Holy Ghost. And a man of God tried to correct it and he wouldn't hear it. And to this day, he still does that same thing. And it's just, it's just goofy. It just looks so goofy. You say, what do you mean by that? Listen, there's a time in which these things flow together and there's a time in which it doesn't. How many, some of y'all remember the days when preachers would get up and preach. People would just bring money and put it all over the altar. Much of that was initiated by man. I said, much of that was initiated by man. 
But when the Holy Ghost would move in it many times, the Spirit of God would move in it, others would see that. they think, well, that looks good to me. I like money sitting all over my platform and all over my stage. I would go to meeting and meetings and preach in those churches and stop it from happening. I was in a particular large church in Central Texas, and I got up to preach. It was one of their conferences, and, and people began to do that, so I just stopped it. After the meeting, the pastor said to me, I'm so glad you did that. I'm so glad you did that because no, you can't get up here and give the announcements without somebody coming up and putting money on the altar. See, you have to keep things in their proper perspective. God may move in a certain way for a certain time, but then that'll get over with. You can't just carry it on because it looks good. That violates the integrity of the spirit in that which God wants to do. Here comes Naaman. Obviously, he came rolling up there with a caravan. Obviously, Gehazi could see the silver. He could see the changes of raiment. He could see all of that. He saw that he had all that. He'd probably just sit there going like this, waiting for him to give it. Yeah, he's fixing to lay it on us. We're fixing to get the offering of the year. This is it. This is it. And Elisha doesn't say a word. Naaman doesn't say a word. He gets on his chair, in his chair and just rides off. Amen. See, that's, that's when your integrity gets tried. When what you think is your blessing rides off into the sunset. Let me try that again. And what you think is your blessing rides off into the sunset. Are you able to stand in faith, believe God that he has provision for you? Are you able to stand in faith and not violate your integrity and not chase after that which you think belongs to you? Well, Gehazi, he said, when he came to the tower, he took of them from their hand and bestowed uh, them in the house, speaking of the raiment and the silver, and he let the men go. That's the two servants that he gave him to help. He had to have two servants to help him take all the stuff. Amen. He says he departed. He said, but when he, but when he went in, he stood before his master. Now notice this. And Elijah said unto him, whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, thy servant went no whither. Now, let me, say, let me just say it in good old 2017 Galveston, Texas. Elijah said, where'd you go? Gehazi said, I ain't been nowhere. Now, let me say something. When Elijah, the man of God, said, where did you go? This was Gehazi's opportunity. Let me try that again. God will always give you an opportunity. This was Gehazi's opportunity to get it right. This was God's mercy in manifestation. He should have said, man, I blew it. I saw that silver. I saw those beautiful Neiman Marcus suits. I saw all of that stuff. Amen. I saw all that stuff hanging on those, on those uh, camels. I had to have it. I'm so weak when it comes to money. Pray to God for me, Elijah. I guarantee you God would have restored him right there. God will always give you an out. Whenever you violate integrity, God will always make sure there is an exit for you so his mercy can be ministered to you. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. If you violated integrity in any way, you make a decision. I'm going to get this thing right in Jesus' name. See, pride and fear will join together and help guard in you with that which is not right. Let me say that again. Pride and fear will gather together and they will stand garrison or a guard in your heart over that which is not right. You think, well, what will people think? Well, I don't care what people think. 
I mean, I've seen great revivals. Oh, my Lord. I mean, blind eyes open. Got wheelchairs, people running out of, and I'm not talking about way back in the fall, I'm talking about here in the last 20 years, people jumping out of wheelchairs, thousands of people, millions of dollars flowing. And those that were in charge of the meeting, every service, take a little more time taking the offering, a little more time taking the offering, a little more time taking the offering, a little more time taking, they started out at five minutes, ended up at an hour and 45 minutes taking an offering. And the Holy Ghost spoke and said, don't do that no more. And literally, one minister in which God was using mightily in the meeting told the pastor, the Holy Ghost said, get off these offerings. He said, this is my church. I'll do what I want to. And the Spirit of God just lifted up off that thing. And all those people that were being blessed were scattered to the four winds, and that church was destroyed because someone breached their integrity. We don't want that. I said, we don't want that. We want to flow in the integrity that the Word of God produces because out of integrity comes great Christian character. We'll, we'll touch that in just a minute. Yeah. He said, uh, uh, he said unto him, uh, went not my heart with thee? I mean, you, you're dealing with a prophet? You're dealing with a prophet? What are you doing? He said, didn't my heart go with you? When the man turned, when the man turned again from, from his chariot to meet thee, it is a time to receive money and to receive garments and olives and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants. Now notice, notice what he says in verse 27. The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as stone. That means somewhere in the world there are people you can trace their genealogy back to Gehazi that are lepers today. It didn't just affect Gehazi, it affected his family forever. I said it affected his family forever. Man, I don't want to infect my family forever. I don't want to infect the family of God forever. So much, so many people are really fearful of an experience like this when it comes to congregational worship and this setting where people believe in the new birth, they believe in the power of the Holy Ghost, they believe in prosperity, they believe in all kinds of the good things that the covenant of God gives us in Christ Jesus, but it's been so violated and the integrity of it has been so damaged over the years that people are literally snake bit. I mean, know what I mean by snake bit. They've been burned too many times. They've had too many uh, shenanigans played on them. Too much manipulation has gone on. Well, it's time for that to stop and for integrity to return to the house of God. Amen. Amen. Sure, it's got to come through the ministry, but it also has to come through God's people. In your business, maintain integrity. Listen, don't sell out your integrity for a few dollars more. I've seen people do it. Don't sell out your integrity for, a, for, a, for just a few moments of pleasure. That's all it is, is a few moments of pleasure. But you sell and you violate your integrity. Now, when, back when cassette tapes used to be popular, we traveled quite a lot. And, and I had a minister come to me and said, man, you need to put your messages on cassette tapes. And then it, they followed the, 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 the statement with this. You don't know how much money you could make on those. And I was like, I'm not going to do this until God says to it. It was five years later until the Holy Ghost said, now you can put your, put your messages on cassette, and we'd give more away than we sold. We gave them away by the ton. Sure, we sold a bunch of them. We gave them. But then I'd go to meetings, and there would be tables of ministers that had phone cards, colon cleansers, <laughs> diet books, 
I had a guy get just sideways with me because I wouldn't take his phone card. You remember those phone cards? That's a pyramid scheme. You know, all these people down here doing all the work, guys at the top making all this money. And that's, that was the same thing. Man, you ought to get those phone cards. You ought to put them on your tape table. I'm telling you, you don't know how much money. I never put a phone card or a colon cleanser. <laughs> or anything else like that. You say, why? Well, that it violates the integrity of the Word of God. We love to reproduce our messages and stuff like that so people to get, can get them. But I like what Brother Osteen said because people get so messed up. They say, you stole my book. You stole my message. You stole this. You stole that. Brother Osteen says, I love copyright. You have a right to copy. If you hear something or see something that I preach that will bless people, you take it. Just don't sell it. Give it away. Come on, church. Leprosy cleave to him. Ate him up for the rest of all of the generations that he Ever produced. Now, go, now go to Psalms. Go to Psalms. Psalms chapter 15. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Verse 1. Who shall dwell in thy holy... Let's just put it like this. Instead of reading in the King James, let's just let Rusty Martin's version come out. Who gets to hang out with God? Who gets to hang out with God? I got to hang out with a lot of the big preachers back in the last generation. That was a lot of fun, but I'd rather hang out with God. I love hanging out with God. Now, a lot of people, they know God. They know God. They get around God. You know, I got around Elvis one time. He was about 200 yards from me in the middle of the Astrodome in Houston in 1972. Me and 72,000 other people got to be around him. But I didn't hang out with him. God wants to hang out with you. He don't want you just to know him. He wants you to know him. Amen. Now notice what it says. He says, here's your qualification. You want to hang out with me? Here's what you got to do. He that walketh upright, who walketh uprightly. That means walking upright, walking in integrity. Amen. He that worketh righteousness and speaketh truth in his heart. That means he doesn't give lip service to things. Amen. He that backbiteth not with his tongue. How many know what backbite means? You ever been bit? You ever been bit? Somebody bite you with their words? Bite you. So you bite back. You call me idiot, I call you stupid. That's bite back. That's to bite back. God don't want you biting back. Well, they deserve it. No, they don't. I said, no, they don't. Because it's going to harm you. Well, people say all kinds of mean things about me. People say all kinds of negative things about me. People say all kinds of things about me. Listen, it does not matter. Don't say it about them. You're backbiting. Backbiting will destroy you. It violates the integrity. It puts too many bricks on the chair. Mm-mm. In whose, eye, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned. How do you say that? Yeah, con- Contemned, amen? That means when you see vile people, you don't elevate them. You say, oh, well, there's, there's people out there in the world. There's movie stars and, and there's rock musicians and, and there's people out there. And man, they seem like they're really living good and having a great time. And I kind of like that. You got too much world in you. I said, you got too much world in you. You got to get that worldliness out of you. You need to, listen, you need some new heroes. I love people that leave the, 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 the comfort of their nation and go to nations where it's uncomfortable and spend their life there preaching the gospel. Those are heroes. 
I love men and women that live 70, 80, 90 years on the earth and spend the whole time in ministry. They never retire. They just keep on getting bigger and better and bigger and better and building more and more. Listen, those types of people, the Bible says the world is not worthy of them. Just because somebody's a master at sin doesn't mean we need to exalt them. Well, I better not get off. I get on a soapbox if I do that. But, everybody say, but. He honoreth them that fear the Lord. Get you some new heroes. Those that fear the Lord. He swear, he that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. <laughs> let, let me put it like this. A couple of translations. Moffats. He keepeth his oath, although it may cost him or he may lose by it. He stands by his pledge at any cost, Jerusalem Bible says. We do not live in a society in which integrity is, is popular. We say something that might put us in a little discomfort. We, we make an oath that might put us in a little situation. And we do everything we can do to wiggle out of it. Amen. I've had to learn some of these things the hard way. Open my mouth. There's been times I've opened my mouth and said I was going to give something. I didn't have the money to give. I thought, why in the world did I say that? I had to give it. I said I had to give it. There have been people I tell you, they come to me, you know, the excitement of a meeting, God was blessing, things were going on, a pastor, somebody come up to me and say, I want you to come to my church. I say, sure, I'll come to your church. But I didn't pray about it first. A couple of days later in prayer, the Lord said, I didn't tell you to go to that man's church. You did that out of excitement. Now you're going to have to go. And I'd go, and I'd come back feeling like somebody whipped me with a horse whip. Because any place you go, you better go with God with you. You're going to come back feeling like somebody whipped you with a horse whip. Amen? Listen, integrity. You swear to your own hurt, but you don't change. You don't try to get out of what you say. You know, when the building was destroyed by Hurricane Ike, uh, uh, this is interesting. I'll tell you a little story. We uh, had dinner with Pastor David Gomez and his wife, Fina. Fina? Fina and his wife, Fina, on Thursday night. They had the same thing happen that we did. The, 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 the storm destroyed their church, and they thought that their insurance company had put flood insurance in their insurance package. And we kind of looked at each other like, oh, my goodness. Your insurance company did not roll. You had it before? Yeah, we had it before, just like we had. They didn't put it in this year? No, we didn't. So we said, is your insurance company so-and-so? And they said, Yep. But God supernaturally restored the church just like he did this one. Amen. Uh, you say, what point are you trying to make? Well, here we started the, the what was it? Uh, Blackman Mooring came in and began to, immediately, we got them down here. They began to tear out, uh, what was it, Alan? Five, six feet uh, up. They began to tear the sheetrock out, get all the old wiring out, get all that stuff out. And they worked about three days, and we found out we didn't have that flood insurance. Man, I rushed up here. I stopped the job. But the job had already incurred a debt of $143,000. And I told the guy, I said, look, I, I don't know what your bill is, but, but, but I'll pay you. I don't care how long it takes. I will pay you. So he brought me the bill. It was $143,000. I said, oh, man. So back then, we, we looked at, see, because right before the storm, we, we made a payday. We paid everybody, made sure everybody had all the provision they need all the financial provision they need. And then when we came back for a couple of uh, uh, weeks, we didn't have any services. We started having service up at the funeral home here and also in the parking lot here, but it took us a little while to get that back together. There was no income flowing into the church. Not only that, a third of the congregation was just gone. Yeah. Was just gone, wasn't even here anymore. 
And so I looked at that $143,000 bill. I said, oh, my goodness. So I called Leah. I said, Leah, how much money we had? In all of our accounts, we had $30,000. I mean, that's it. I'm not talking about a little over here. I mean, in, in our missions account, in our general account, in all of our accounts, we had $30,000. So I, I told the man, I said, I've got $30,000 I can pay on this bill right now. And he walked out. I'll never forget. We're standing right over here. He walked out and he got in his truck and cell phones were still down. So he was talking on a, 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 a radio and I'd see him talk and I'd see him write and I'd see him talk and I'd see him write and I'd see him talk. And he came back in and he said, he said, uh, all right, you can pay this bill for $30,000. 30000 I said, okay. And I called Leah, and she brought a check up here for 30000 And we paid that bill and didn't have a dime left in our account. But here's the point I want to make. I could have said twenty-five and kept 5000 because, you know, we're a church. I mean, we need $5,000. I could have said twenty. Because, you know, we got a payroll coming up here on the first of the month. We got this. We got that. But I knew in my spirit that that was not a time to play those kind of games. There's never a time to do it. You know what I'm saying? But I knew in my heart this is a time to walk with the utmost integrity. We could have used that incident and gone on television, internet. Oh, help us, help us. You know, there were ministries that came down here that stayed two and three days and filmed this area and got up and went back to where they were from and received finances into their ministry for this area and never gave a dime of it into this area. Well, that's between them and God. I said, that's between them and God. I'm not going to get offended at it, but that's between them and God. That is a violation of integrity. You know why God gave us that miracle? That's a miracle to pay a $143,000 bill with $30,000. Let me try that again. That is a miracle. An absolute God Almighty miracle to pay 140. You know why he did that? Because that was in, we did it in integrity. That's all the money we had. We did not lie. We did not violate the integrity of the Word of God in our hearts. And then what happened after that? Money came from everywhere. Not only that, provision came from everywhere. You take the money and the provision, we probably had close to $750,000 worth of money and provision. We had $350,000 in cash come in from everywhere. Checks for five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 100, 1,000, 10,000. We had one pastor, he got a $10,000 check. He's over here in Lake Jackson. And, and he said, I opened the check. He said, I was so thrilled to have $10,000. He said, the Holy Ghost said, that's not your money. That belongs to Rusty. Send it to him right now. He's a man of integrity. He said, I immediately deposited and wrote Rusty out a check and sent it to him. And because of that, his church is blessed today. You can't violate it. Righteous man, righteous woman will swear to their own hurt and not change. Are you with me? He that putteth not his money to usury. Don't try to get over. Well, you know, I'll lend you 10 bucks, but you got to pay me back 20. Amen. Or I'm going to send Hugo over there to knock on your door. Then he's going to knock on your head if you don't pay it back. Listen, we're not the mafia. I said, we're not the mafia. We don't do that kind of stuff. So many people. Oh, Lord. Should I go that direction? I'm going to have to anyway. They're looking for every get-rich scheme in the world. And let me tell you. Every get-rich scheme is not designed to make you rich. It's designed to make the one with the scheme rich. Amen? Gambling.
gambling. Las Vegas was not built on winners. You see all that wealth, all that stuff, that's built on losers. He that taketh not a reward against an innocent, he that doeth these things shall never be moved. You will have correct spiritual integrity. You can withstand any attack. You can withstand anything that comes your way. Anytime the enemy attacks you with disease or sickness, you've got the integrity of the Word of God. Attacks your finances, my God supplies all of my needs. In every area of your life, you don't try to manipulate. You don't try to do this, no that. You just flow with the things of God. Keep on doing what God says do. Faith in the integrity of the Word of God, and God will bring you through. Now, real quick, go to the book of 2 Peter. The book of 2 Peter, chapter 1. Now let me read here a little bit and we'll put this together. Chapter 1, verse 3. We'll start there. It says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things. Everybody say all things. That pertain unto life and godliness. Now notice that. All things. Now, now what could be in that word all right there? Does anybody know? Everything. Everything that pertains to life, everybody say life, and godliness. So everything you need to live godly and everything you need for this life. I'm glad you're so excited. you got a God that loves you so much. He not only created you a place to live, put breath in your lungs, allowed you to exist. He also released a full provision through redemption for you to live on this earth with. See, when God created man, he put him in a garden. Are you with me? He put them in a garden, and in that garden was everything they needed. But also in that garden was a choice. They made the wrong choice, and God moved them out of the garden. It took approximately 4,000 years, and God brought the garden back. Did you know the Garden of Eden is here now? Anybody know where it's at? Now the garden's in you. But there's still choices in you. And if you want to eat out of that garden, you're going to have to make the right choices. Thought I'd help you with that. So he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now notice this. Through, how does it work? It works through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. Who has called us to glory and virtue? Jesus Christ has. Jesus was not a schemer. He was not a scammer. Uh, The offering scripture today in uh, in Mark chapter 8, that wasn't a magic trick. I said, that wasn't a magic trick. That was supernatural power of God. Now notice, who has called us unto glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, that by these, ye might be partakers of the divine nature. What is the divine nature? The divine nature is prosperous, The divine nature is healthy. The divine nature is joy. The the divine nature is holiness. The divine nature is righteousness. It's all the good things that make life good. And the Bible says we can be what? Partakers. Listen, don't live your life with the faith of your integrity and your ability just partaking of what you can produce for yourself. And at the end of the day, if you have a problem you can't get yourself out of, then you turn to God. You'll find out a great amount of his ability will be restricted for you. 
Because God, listen, he wants you totally dependent upon him. You say, well, I've got to go out and work a job. So we all do. Amen. This is my calling. This is my destiny. This is also my career and my job. I get, listen, if I never showed up here, or maybe I just sent a message in by CD. You laugh, but there are churches like that. And I'll sit in a place and listen to a CD. Boy, those must be some great preachers. Amen. But I can't do that. I got to show up. I got to come to the office. I got to pray for the sick. I got to cast out devils. I got to figure out which direction we're going. I got to find land somewhere. I got to believe God with all of y'all to pay for it. I've got to believe God with all of y'all to build the building there. I've got, I've got to be active in what I'm called to do. And in so doing, we gain a dependency upon God to produce that which we cannot produce for yourself. You go out, you work, you get a paycheck. All that is is your seed. That's the seed for your life. Do what you need to do with your paycheck. Do what you do need to do with your talents. Do what you need to do with your ability. Do what you need to do with your time. But sow it continually into the kingdom of God. And God will give you money back, time back, ability back, and blessing back. Mm-mm-mm. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers. God wants us to partake of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption, the corruption, the corruption that is in the world through lust. Everything that is in the world in its system is corruption. Uh, you know, we need to teach a little more on the story of uh, Lot's wife. Let me remember that story. You know, God supernaturally delivered Lot out of that city when, when Abraham interceded and tried to get the whole city safe, they couldn't find five righteous people. But, but Lot and his family took off. And when they took off, she looked back and the Bible says she turned into a pillar of salt right there. That's a type of the believer coming out of the destruction of all of it, the devil, the hell, and sin, but turning back. Listen, let me just say this. This might help someone today. There's nothing for you in the world. And the world don't want you back. Oh, my friends miss me so much. They miss me at the pot parties. They miss me at the bar. They miss me at the... They don't miss you. They have replaced you. Let me see if this side get that better. They don't miss you. They have replaced you. They're not crying about you being gone. One thing they are doing, they're hoping when they run into you, they will see something of God in you that will convince them of what you're convinced of. Now notice in verse 5. And besides this, everybody say besides this. Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to your knowledge temperance, to your temperance patience, to patience, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall never, never, neither be barren nor unfruitful. God doesn't want you barren or unfruitful. And just getting needs met is not what we're talking about. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you beyond your imagination. He doesn't want you barren or unfruitful. Now notice this. Barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that produces fertility and blessing. Oh, I wish I had time to preach on all this. This is good stuff. But he that lacketh these things is blind. 
and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten he was purged from his own old sins. That old way of life, it's gone. Quit trying to get it back. Quit dragging the dead man around with you. It stinks. It stinks up your finances. Stinks up your relationships. Stinks up every area of your life. Just give it up to God and go ahead and be the new creature he's called you to be. That's what this whole series is being about. A change of heart. Heart issues. Getting our hearts healed. Getting our hearts fixed up. Identifying where our heart is. And looking at how God wants to develop the heart of man. It says, uh, verse 10 says, Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. If you do these things, you shall never fail. Woo! I don't think you came to church ready to shout this morning. What other book? What other book guarantees? What other book on this planet guarantees your marriage isn't going to fail? Your health isn't going to fail? Your finances are going to fail? Your children aren't going to fail? Your job isn't going to fail? Your business isn't going to fail? It's not going to fail. It's not going to fail. It's not going to. You say, well, I've had all kinds of failure in my life. Time to start serving God. Time to get your heart healed. Come on, church. Now, I've got to read before I close. How's my time? Oh, I've got a few minutes. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. For this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promise, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellent resolution, Christian energy. And in exercising virtue, virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence. And in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. And in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, endurance. And in exercising, I'm losing my way here. And in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness, piety. And in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. In exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. For these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you. They will keep you from being idle or unfruitful unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind, spiritually short-sighted, seeing only what is near to him and has become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from old sins. Because of this, brethren, be the all, more, all the more solicitous and eager to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble or fall. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to believe these kind of churches are going to get more and more popular. But I'm going to tell you what makes them unpopular. You can't just sit here. There's a lot of churches you can go sit in. You can just sit there. You can sit there and listen to some good uh, uh, psychological counseling. But I'm going to teach you the word. And that word is going to put a demand upon you. It's going to put a demand upon your character. It's going to put a demand upon your heart. But if you will adhere to it. It will build a structure of integrity into your life. 
which no matter what happens on this planet or no matter what you go through, you're not going to bend, you're not going to burn, you're not going to bow, you're not going to fail. You're going to come out on the every side, on, on, on every problem, every situation, you're going to come out of that victorious with supernatural provision in your hand. A lot of people, God has begun the process of this in their life, but they get into it a little bit and they see it takes diligence. I mean, you can't just do it on Sunday morning. They see that it takes some steadfastness. It, it takes some patience. It takes some putting up with people and things and literally learning to walk in these values. But if you will do it over a period of a few years, you will come out on the other side with an integrity built on the inside of you that this world cannot deny. Amen. 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 There are men that have done it, stood the test of time. You know, one of the greatest ministers of the American experience over the past hundred or so years is Billy Graham. And let me just say one thing about Billy Graham. I've never heard one person on this planet question his integrity. You say, why not? He, lived that, he lives this book. I know others that are, didn't have big of, a, a big of ministry as he had. Uh, some ministers that Lee and I met real early in our ministry. They pastored up and they've gone, both gone on to be with the Lord, but they pastored up in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, 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 Harlan Sanders. Anybody know who Harlan Sanders is? That's the Kentucky Fried Chicken guy. He got saved in their church. Uh, Lee and I spent, what, three days with them. And I'm telling you, you talk about people of integrity. You talk about back in their day, back when, when, when a church of 200 people was considered a mega church, they built a church of about 14,000. Because of steadfastness, because of integrity, because of character. I mean, there were things that went on that they gave us testimony about that it was not really that which was so supernatural about what God did. It was because of their integrity that carried them through. And then when they got to the end of the situation, then God showed up with this great supernatural provision and just blew everybody away because they were able to handle it because they had the integrity to handle it. And God is working on our hearts to, produ to produce in our hearts a character trait of integrity so we can handle what he gives us. Because if you're not able to handle what he gives you, what he gives you will destroy you. And God doesn't have time for that. I said, God doesn't have time for that. He doesn't have time for pride. He doesn't have time for a lot of backbiting, a lot of negative stuff. He only has time to prepare people for the harvest of the precious fruit of the earth that rightfully belongs to him because of the finished work of his son. And if you'll make the decision, Lord, work on my heart. I mean, every one of these areas that I'm teaching on, I'm telling God, Lord, work on my heart. See if there's any bruised, broken, discouraged heart in me. See, see, if, see if there's any area of my heart where I violated any integrity of your word. See if there's any areas in my heart in which there's offense or hurt. Anything. I mean, if you don't do that, then you're subject to it. And you can live in denial all your life. It's like walking around with a horrible cold. You know, your, your nose is running, your ears are running, your eyes are running, you're sneezing, you're honking everywhere you go, you know, and, and, and telling people, ain't nothing wrong with me. And people can look at you and see there's something wrong with you. Well, sometimes that's how people look in the spirit. No, I'm fine. I come to church every Sunday. Well, I don't listen. I'm glad you do because that's one of the ways that gets you to that place. But many people struggle with situations in life. They need the provision. They need financial provision. They need physical provision. They, 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 they need uh, joy. They need to be delivered from depression. They need to be delivered from addiction. Whatever it is. And they just so struggle to try to get an answer. It's not that hard. 
It's not that difficult. There must come a time in which you abandon yourself to the greater glory of God and His Word. And you make a decision, this God is really worth living for. And I can trust Him with my life. If you do not serve a God that you cannot trust with your life, you've got the wrong God. And when I say that, there are gods of self, gods of money, gods of ambition, ego, all kinds of gods that we put on the throne that it only fits one God. Only Jesus can sit on that throne. But those other so-called gods are going to leave you wanting. Let me, I've got five minutes. Let me close with this. I'll only take two. People think if I only had enough money, I'd be okay. That's been proven to be a lie where our society has all these crazy things that they do that takes people that make $40,000 a year and gives them $400 million. It doesn't work. Statistics prove it out. They end up in bankruptcy. They end up in divorce courts. Suicide rate is, is, is incredible. Almost 25% suicide rate. Well, I thought money would cure everything. It's not a God. Money is a means of exchange. That's all it is. But people think if I had more money, I'd really be happy. I'd really have joy. Yeah, you know, uh, the government or, or, or some lottery or some gambling scheme that dumps five or six million. Now, 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 now every, every derelict that you've ever known shows up at your door, banging on your door. And when you don't give them money, then they become your fast and hardened enemy. It divides families. It messes people up on every level. You don't need money. You need God. You need God in your life. And God will bless you and help you with money. He'll help you with all those areas. But people don't need money. They need God. They need a loving, heavenly Father that will hold them in His hand and cause them to develop a character and a strength and an integrity in them that cannot be violated by anything on this planet, even Satan himself. And if you will do that, what did we read? We just read it in 2 Peter. You will never fail. That means you get to pick the categories. Marriage, ministry, business, job, health, finances. I don't want to fail in any of them. I want to see success in all that we do. But I want God to get all the glory. I want Him to get all the glory and we get the story. Amen? Lift your hands up and worship God. Father, we worship you this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you in areas of our life that we need to make adjustment when it comes to integrity. The steadfastness, the patience, all the different things that are going on in life. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.